the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, it shouldn't surprise you that the two political parties in this country have two different views of gas prices. You believe that the problem with gas prices is that they are too high. You would like gas prices to be somewhere close to where they were when Donald Trump was president, which when he left office, they were at 239 nationally. The problem with gas prices from the Democratic perspective is not that they are too high, it is that they are too visible. I mean, every station has a big sign out front that has the price clearly displayed for all to see. Big letters. Uh, Even if you are one of those like me that has to drive with corrective lenses, contacts or glasses, the prices are listed so big you can take your glasses off and read them. And as they have crept up and up and up and up since Joe Biden took office in 2021. Uh, his popularity has not coincidentally gone lower and lower and lower and lower. If we could have gas prices follow the trajectory of Joe Biden's popularity, well, then he and the Democratic Party might not be looking at a very difficult midterm election. But the fact is, gas prices are too high for most Americans, and just too visible for Democrats. So Joe Biden is doing something he's done before, something he said he was not going to do anymore, but something he has to do because he is desperate to try to find something to sell to voters since very few voters are buying abortion, climate change, or insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. Those are the things the Democrats have been trying to sell as the midterms have approached. And for a while, it looked like mm, a fair amount of people were buying them. But now, as gas prices do not diminish to the degree that Democrats need them to, and hence, food prices don't diminish either, no prices diminish, because getting anything to market takes gasoline, takes energy, takes power, takes transportation. And that's at the crux of why Joe Biden yesterday announced that he would begin releasing 15 million barrels per day from these strategic oil reserves. Now, the oil reserves are not just the oil reserves. They are the strategic oil reserves because there is supposed to be a national security strategy to releasing oil, for instance. If we have a hurricane and a refinery gets wiped out and our economy is imperiled 
by a sudden spike in gas prices, that's when you might release oil from the strategic oil reserves until the refinery can get back online and the economy is through that rough patch. Or, or if something happens in the Middle East and the world oil supply of exports is disrupted, well, then you might release oil from the strategic oil reserves so that we could get through that particular rough patch until, you know, diplomacy could intrude and calm things down. We have such a situation going on right now with the war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, Vladimir Putin has declared martial law in five provinces that he annexed, and he annexed them in a way that shows what a madman, what a power-hungry, desperate dictator he is. Uh, Yet Joe Biden is not pursuing diplomacy with Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Zelensky, the head of Ukraine. Uh, Joe Biden is not releasing oil because of anything going on in Russia and Ukraine. He's perfectly willing to let it go on in Russia and Ukraine. In fact, it looks like Joe Biden is perfectly happy with the two options that I see in Russia and Ukraine's war. There are two options, two. Ukraine can totally and completely remove Russia from all Ukrainian territories and thus inflict a complete victory over Vladimir Putin. That is one option. The other option is we can have Vladimir Putin use nuclear weapons. That's the other option. Because I don't think Vladimir Putin is going to channel his inner child from perhaps his Russian Little League days and lose a game and line up dutifully in the handshake line afterward and say, nice game, nice game, nice game, nice game. I'll happily go home. That's not going to happen. Vladimir Putin is not going to lose to the degree that Ukraine wants him to lose and the degree that apparently Joe Biden is waiting for him to lose without firing off a nuclear weapon. And if that happens, that would be a time when we would need the strategic oil reserves because that would mean that our national security is in trouble. But let's assume Joe Biden cares about our national security a lot. He might. It's just pretty apparent to me he doesn't care about it as much as he cares about his own personal security as president of the United States. I don't mean you trying to get at him. I mean his continued stay as president of the United States. See, Joe Biden is a really lucky guy. He's a super lucky guy. He's he's such a lucky guy that he became the president of a country that doesn't dump its leaders when it becomes very obvious that they cannot lead. That happened this morning. That happened this morning in Great Britain, where Liz Truss, the new prime minister, is now the old prime minister. She's been on the job six weeks. She's out. She resigned. She resigned because she didn't have the faith of her party behind her. She tried. She tried some policies. They might even be good policies. I'm not saying they were bad policies. She tried. She wanted to cut taxes. She wanted to do a lot of things that I would be in favor of. I don't know the British economy like I know ours. I don't know their system like I know ours. But I envy their system. You know why I envy their system? Because they can get rid of a leader who's ineffective in six weeks. We have to wait four years to get rid of our leaders. Or at least to wait two years to kneecap their power, I hope, with a takeover of both the House and the Senate by Republicans. We will talk today. At 1245 with Senator Ted Cruz. 
And I want to ask Ted Cruz, who will be in Ohio tomorrow campaigning with J.D. Vance, I want to ask Ted Cruz, best case scenario, red wave occurs on November the 8th. We get control of the House. We get control of the Senate. Joe Biden still has executive orders. What can you do to open the spigot to domestic energy? What can you do to close the border? See, Biden has, I mean, he's old, he's addled. He's got the two things confused. The thing he should open, he's closed. And the thing he should close, he's open. He should open the domestic energy spigot. He's closed that. He should close the southern border. That's wide open. So I want to ask Ted Cruz when he joins us at 1245, what, and this is a depressing thought, what, if anything, because I'm afraid the if anything is not really anything, they can do to stop Joe Biden from opening what he should close and closing what he should open. And he's also, he won't open domestic energy production. He will open the strategic oil reserves. He will empty out our strategic oil reserves. That he has no problem doing. He, of course, also has no problem lying to us because he said that opening these strategic oil reserves to the tune of 15 million million barrels per day, what, two weeks, three, after he said he was done, wouldn't do it anymore? Well, I was about to ask, how long is that going to last? Through well, the election? We have, we have a lot. It's we have more than half of it still there, but I But he's still. gonna do it until he can get some kind of cosmetic reduction in gas prices, which the experts say it's not even assured that that will lower gas prices any. But what he knows, what Biden knows is he cannot afford you and me, Pam, to drive mm-hmm. by gas stations and have the first thing we see be a four or a five. <laughs> or if you're in California <laughs> and Arizona, a, a six or a seven. Yeah. He cannot afford that. Exactly. Because as that number climbs, the first number in the price of a gallon of gas, that's the number of swing races in the Senate he's going to lose. If it goes to four, then there's a real good chance he could lose Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. He could lose them all. And he knows that. And that's why he is opening up the strategic oil reserves. So it's very depressing. It is the epitome of a failed president that he has prioritized his own power and his own future politically. He has compromised all of that by willingly and willfully compromising the safety and security of the people who he was elected to keep safe and secure. We are in a perilous situation With Russia and Ukraine, Leon Panetta, former head of the CIA, served for a long time in the Clinton administration, says the chance of a nuclear war with Russia is 25%. Now, 25% is not as as scary as 75%, but when Leon Panetta first handicapped it, he said it was about 2%. So it's now 12 times more likely. So you might wonder, in that case, what is our president doing today? What is he doing? Oh, he's going to Pittsburgh to campaign for the Quasimodo of the Pennsylvania Senate race, John Fetterman, and probably eat ice cream and tell us that all is well. Wow, so today, this morning, Liz Truss, the uh, British Prime Minister, resigned. And she said this. 
Could you fantasize that this would be Joe Biden saying this? I came into office at a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. I recognize I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected. <laughs> Joe, are you listening? You know? Uh, I know. Kamala's the backup plan. Yes, I get it. But it's interesting. The strategic oil reserves have now been emptied out to a level not seen since 1984 because Biden announced yesterday, a couple of weeks after saying, oh, we're done, we're not doing that anymore. He announced yesterday he's going to be releasing another 15 million barrels of oil. I sounded Trumpy in there. Million. Speaking of Trump, I remember when Donald Trump was trying to replenish and rebuild and increase the storage of oil in our strategic petroleum reserves. And the Democrats whined, moaned, complained, and stopped him because oil was $24 a barrel. And they thought it was a waste of money to replenish our strategic petroleum reserves or build them up even more than they were. $24 a barrel when Trump wanted to do that. Joe Biden said yesterday he will begin replenishing the strategic oil reserves when oil reaches $70 a barrel. It's now $84 a barrel. And the Saudis cutting back 2 million barrels per day is not really yet affected world oil markets. So this is indicative of horrendous economic policy by the Biden administration. And we see it all across our economy. I know your president told you the other day while munching on a waffle cone that probably cost $10 if he wasn't given it free. That our economy is, and I quote, strong as hell. Well, I don't particularly think hell is very strong. It's very powerful, but I don't want to say that it's strong. David Sachs is a venture capitalist. David Sachs is the guy who, with uh, several others, began PayPal. He's a pretty smart guy economically, at least I think he is, because he's one of the first investors in Facebook, Uber, and Airbnb. That's a guy who I believe a lot more than I would believe Joe Biden. And David Sachs is quite clear that the economy, in his view, is not strong as hell. I think this claim the economy is strong is going to be the inflation is transitory of this year. I think the, you know, the, the administration, when it gets bad economic news, has a tendency to want to spin it. Obviously, we have an election coming up in a few weeks, so he's, they're spinning it the best they can. But the truth is that there's a lot of weakness in this economy. In fact, it's scary how weak it is. And I think most smart investors and economists at this point expect a recession next year. Um, we're already technically in a recession. We've had two quarters of negative GDP growth, but um, but they're expecting uh, economic conditions to worsen significantly next year and to, to see unemployment go up as a result of these interest rate hikes that we've had, which again have been driven by inflation. So the economy is very shaky. I think people are are feeling it. And that's why you're seeing all of a sudden the generic ballot shift very dramatically towards Republicans. I hope he's right. We'll talk with Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio, at noon today about his view of the Senate races and whether or not Republicans are celebrating a little bit too early. I'm wary of counting my Senate majority before it 
materializes. But it's possible now to see a way that the Republicans could win in Pennsylvania, could win in Arizona, could win in Georgia, could win in Nevada, maybe even win in Washington State. That would be phenomenal. Tiffany Smiley's a fantastic candidate. Washington is uh, so blue, I'd rather be the shade of blue I turn when I hold my breath and pass out than I would be the shade of blue that must be uh, must prevail living in the state of Washington. But inflation is, I think, so real for most people because you can't buy anything without looking at the price and saying like, wow, wow. Like, here's the deal. Today I was in Kroger and I just was walking down an aisle looking for something and happened to glance over and there's Gatorade. And I was like, oh, it might be good to grab a Gatorade before I go into the office. And I remember when it was very common at Kroger that a bottle of Gatorade, a big bottle of Gatorade, was 99 cents. 99 cents. And that's special. You grab it, 10 for 10 for ten bucks, that kind of thing. I was just thinking how much I was paying a few years ago when my daughter was playing softball. Yeah. $1.69 for one bottle of Gatorade today. $1.69. That's not a, that's not a 13% increase. Wow. Food's up 13%. Gatorade's up more than 13%. Okay? Man. So $1.16, and that's not a Gatorade problem. That's a Joe Biden problem. Everything, that's a transportation That's a issue. transportation issue. Yeah. That's a manufacturing issue. See, Look, I don't know how they make Gatorade, but I know it takes energy to make Gatorade, to drive the machines that bottle the Gatorade and package the Gatorade and... Get the ingredients to market. That's why Gatorade costs $1.69. It's not because the people at Gatorade are evil. It's because they have to charge more so they can make a living. Okay, so here's more from David Sachs on how we got into this situation and where it's headed. I, I just think the problem has gotten so big now that they just can't cover it up. I mean, for the last few months, they've been releasing oil from the National uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve to try and bring down the price of energy before the midterms. But... It's uh, there's so much inflation now in the economy. It's not just energy. It's also sort of this core, this non-energy component. And the problem now is just so big that I just don't think they can do anything about it. I mean, remember, Biden spent so much money. At first, you had that. I think this problem all started. If you talk about Biden's political problem, it really started when he passed that two trillion dollar American rescue plan. This was the sort of covid relief bill that we didn't need because COVID was basically over. This is when Larry Summers first sounded the alarm bell. This is in the spring of last year, and he sounded the alarm bell that this could cause inflation. And that's why when inflation happened a few months later, the administration was so eager to dismiss it as transitory because they said Larry had been was crazy. So politically, they didn't want to acknowledge they might have caused this. And again, that I think caused Powell to get on board with this party line. And he waited six months longer than he should have to raise interest rates and control the problem. And now we have a wildfire that's burning out of control and they just can't cover it up anymore. So I don't think there is a good answer to this. I think we're headed for a very severe recession last year. And I think the bill is coming due, not just for all the spending over the last couple of years, but really over the last uh, decade. And I think we're in for a long-term period of, of austerity here. Uh, you can believe the guy who's built big companies, or you can believe the president who uh, eats a lot of ice cream and uh, stumbles off stage. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.